Man, we said we were gonna do it, so we here now. What up, what up? It's your boy Trav. It's your girl Tiff. And, and welcome, welcome to, to our podcast, podcast Why It's with, with the Worthingtons, where we touch on all facets of marriage, family, life, and relationships. And of course, we'll dip and dabble into all the latest trending topics. Where you'll get a bird's eye view, no host bar reality of a married millennial couple with a child. Hold up, wait a minute now. You're not going to just forget about the singles like that. <laughs> you right, you right. Singles, we're going to hold y'all down for sure. So sit back, relax, because you have now been wiretapped. Jumping right back into it. HBCU Made, miniseries, episode two, The Campaign. It's the summer of 2010. Me and Tiff are separated. She's in Virginia, I'm in Jersey. At this point, I wanted to live on my dreams of being a professional baseball player. So I tried out for multiple teams, the Phillies, Yankees, Mets. I made the team with the Yankees, but it wasn't paying well, so I ultimately played minor league baseball for the New York Bears, temporarily. Playing, not playing too well because I'm still dealing with an injury I had from college, but that's here nor there. Uh, mind you, I don't have a vehicle at the time, so that sucks. I got to use my mom's car, get back and forth to practices and games. Um, this long-distance relationship between me and Tiffany, it wasn't a huge priority for me because as long as I was doing something positive, I felt like I could do no wrong. I wasn't out here wilding, thotting, and bopping. I was really focused on trying to play baseball, and uh I thought in my mind that it would be appreciated across the board, but... From my eyes, there was no effort being put in on Travis's part in making us work. Like you mentioned, he didn't have a car at the, at the time, so I was the one driving back and forth to Jersey. Granted, it's not that far of a drive. It's a good four and a half, maybe five hours. But still, I'm the only one putting in the effort. You know, I understood him trying to pursue his baseball career. And I supported that as well. But at the same time, us as females, we still want to know that, you know, we're important. We're a vital part of your life. And he just wasn't giving that. It was, you know, pretty much all about baseball. And when the opportunities did present itself for him to come down via train or bus or what have you, it was always an excuse. Then next thing you know, the biggest excuse came and pretty much took over like storm. Trav decided that he wanted to pledge. So I'm still living out my baseball dreams. Baseball season's over now. It's winter time. Me and my mom went out to lunch. And uh, since my freshman year of college, I wanted to be a member of Cap Alpha Psi Fraternity Corporate. But college life took over and just the experiences of college and Tiffany and sports my grade never was up to par, so I wasn't able to do it when I was an undergrad. So, like I said, me and my mom, we was at lunch, and I met this, uh, I'm sorry, I didn't meet this new, but it's this cabin that I knew for years. And he asked me, was I still interested? And I told him, of course, I'm still interested. Long behold, I began pledging. And uh, at that point, that took over my life, like completely engulfed my life. Didn't think about Tiffany is like I should. Like I said, I thought I was since I was doing something positive, I can do no wrong. Uh, I was unaware how much that would take over my life, but it did. 
and uh, the opportunities I did have to go see her, I couldn't do it while I was, you know, going through that process. And, uh, yeah. A slap in my face. It was like, wow. So first it was baseball. Now it's your frat life. And I just felt like I was on the bottom of the totem pole. Like, this is now two years that we've been separated from when I graduated in 09, then him going back to school, and then now that he had graduated and is back at home, it was like first it was baseball, it was practice, it was games. Now, since that part of your life is over, you've moved on, now you found another you know, thing to consume your time and yourself with. And I just felt like it, it wasn't fair. I'm like, you know, if you can take the opportunity and find the means to do everything that it took for you to pledge, why couldn't that same effort be taken to coming to see me, coming to visit on the weekends or what have you? Why is it, you know, just a one-way street? You know, it was to me, it was just a, overall, it was a slap in the face. I, I was there. I, I just chucked it up, supported him. Um, the day they actually did their probate, I took the train, Amtrak, I took the train up to Jersey, went up, I had got off work, went up that night on the train, went to his probate, was there, supported him and everything. There's still pictures up to this day on, I believe on my Facebook. Um, that morning, I woke up, I think I had an early train back home and I literally went from the train station to work. So, you know, even though I was I was in my feelings, I was always there to be supportive. I, I tried to support him by any means necessary. And I believe that was October that he crossed. So next thing you know, it's the holidays. Thanksgiving comes up. So again, I go up for Thanksgiving. You know, his mom surely knows how to throw down in the kitchen. Ate good, you know, spent time together. And good old Black Friday. Oh, Black Friday of 2010, our lives changed forever yet again. I got pregnant. So, Tiff's pregnant. I'm on the brink of what the hell am I doing? What the hell just happened? So, with that being said, I instantly knew I had a responsibility. My league dreams of playing professional baseball went down the drain. I was still heavy into the fraternity. But I needed money. So I sucked up my pride and I started working in a warehouse. I worked in, this was, man, listen. You don't know work until you work in a warehouse. From 10 to 6.30, picking up boxes, driving full, oh, it was, it was bad. It was bad. But I had to do what I had to do because I knew I had a family coming. With all that being said, as time going on, I'm working in this warehouse. Me and, me and Tiff, the long-distance relationship, I started dedicating more time to her. But the thing was, it was still a long-distance relationship. So over Skype and all these different things we was doing to see each other, she stated to me that once this baby's born or before the baby born, she's going to move to Jersey. Oh, man, I was ecstatic. I'm like, yo, we, she going to move to Jersey. We about to get this thing going. I'm excited for my family, blah, blah, blah. Months later, she hit me with the, nah, you know what? I'm not moving to Jersey. I'm devastated. I'm like, what? What do you mean you're not moving to Jersey? So what the hell am I supposed to do? You want me to uplift from where I'm from to come back to Virginia? I done spent five years down there in school. I'm not ready to do that. My mom said, boy, if you don't get your ass down to Virginia and take care of your family, I don't care where she go. She can go to Alaska. You going to be. So with that conversation being had with my mom, I'm the only child. My mom never talked to me like that. So that kind of opened my eyes to, to, to make me see the bigger picture. And uh, I instantly told Tiffany, like, you know what? I'm down there, no question. 
I'm in Virginia in the blink of an eye. Uh, I'm packing my little bags right now, and I'm on my way. But before I get down there, I'm definitely going to need a job. So I'm, I'm pregnant, big as hell. And like he mentioned, initially I was, you know, gun-ho, like I'm going to Jersey, I'm tired of dealing with my mom. Like, you know, it'll be a fresh new start. Things aren't going right, you know, down here anyway. Like, I just need a fresh new start. So I was all for going to Jersey. Then it was just like something just clicked. I don't know what it was. And it was just like, first of all, ma'am, you are not in the headspace to leave your mother's house to go to another woman's house and follow her rules. You barely can follow the rules now with Sylvia. So what makes you think you're going to be able to go to Jersey and deal with someone that you've never even lived with before? So I'm like he said, I called him, told him like, yeah, me moving to Jersey, that's a dub. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. Just until recently, I never knew of that conversation that he had with his mother. I didn't even know that he felt, you know, so devastated about the situation. I knew he would be leaving, um, you know, all his childhood friends and, you know, the now fraternity life that he built with his frat brothers. I knew all of that would be would impact him. But, you know, I had to do what was best for me. At that point in time, you know, I had a, a, a little one to think about. He came down, I want to say sometime in June, he got got a job, and then he would be moving down permanently at the end of July when our baby shower was. Our baby shower was July 30th, I believe, and he was supposed to start working on August 1st. So he had a whole pretty much month and a half to, you know, pack, do whatever it was he needed to do before he moved down to Virginia. So he did all that, came with his bags to move, and we had our shower. What what God didn't tell us was that our son would be almost a month early. I had Zay the day of our baby shower, almost a month early. So right then and there, life hit us like a ton of bricks. We went from dating in college to being in a long-distance relationship for almost two and a half years to now parents all like in the blink of an eye. We stayed with uh, my mom probably for about five or six months after we had Zay. And then we moved into our first place together. And that was December of 2011, roughly till about 2014. And boy, did life hit us. And did life hit us hard and fast? I think this those years were the toughest years of our relationship. It started off, you know, peaches and green like the honeymoon stage. You know, new parents were doing doing everything as we, we should. But then things just started to unravel, and we we couldn't get a hold of the reins. So like Tiff said, we moved out her mom's spot um, for many reasons. We had a family. We was living in this little room in the basement. No privacy. It was, it was cool, and we appreciated her, her, her helping hand. But at the end of the day, you got a family. You got to, as the man, you got to make sure your family's comfortable in, in the lifestyle that we chose. And uh, being there, we wasn't comfortable. After a while, we kind of outgrew it pretty fast. And when we moved to our own spot, like I said, we both was excited being that we was in our own spot. We got our our privacy is ours. Like, it's, it's ours. Everything's ours now. 
she cook every night. It's just great. But the thing was, everything happened so fast that I forgot how to love her, how to date her, how to be, just how to be a man to her. Because now I'm just working, coming home, being a being a piece of lint. Like I'm not, I'm not nothing to her. It, we we literally like roommates. We not we're not having the deep conversations like we should. We're not being intimate like we should. Uh, everything just kind of turned into working home, working home, raising a son, working home. We never really spent time together. And I want to say over those years, uh, we kind of, I want I wouldn't say fell out of love, but we fell out of like with one another to the, to the tip top of it. Like it was no, it was no like there. Um, no love. I, I wouldn't say no love. I loved you. I remember telling you that I was no longer in love with you. Well, I can't speak on. I, I was always in love with you. I just didn't know how to love you. Um, I confided into at my job. I confided into girls that I thought might know a little more about you know relationships and how I can find my niche into this relationship. But let's just be very clear that these were single women. That had no man, had never been married, don't no kids, no nothing. You were confined in just random strays of females. Okay, you're right. Like he said, it got tough after, I would say, it was probably like after Zay turned one. It, that's when things got really rocky. It was the lack of communication and it went, we were like roommates. We were never like disrespectful to one another or like mean, but it was literally just going through the motions. Um, and with that leaves opportunity for other people to find their way into your relationship. And that's what ended up happening on both ends. I had my infidelities. Trav had his infidelities. Of course, us as women, we always find out in more dramatic ways. And it's, you know, not as, you know, females, we're a little bit more sneakier. So we we know how to keep our things together. Men, not so much. Um, and that definitely was like, it was it was a few gut checks, you know, finding out situations that had occurred and I, I I would say it was the same for you as well yeah I uh I had a moment of matter of fact and, and I can say it truthfully now it wasn't even a moment of weakness it was more so a, a moment of clarity like I felt like I needed to get some I needed to get my head off the fact that if I in my mind I think I'm doing was right I'm going to work I'm providing as much as I can so I think I'm doing right but I'm I'm feeling like I'm not it's not being received. I'm not getting it back. Appreciate it. It's not being appreciated. So I go up to Jersey one time and I found myself seeing this old friend that I used to mess with back in the day. Me and her had a night to find out, and <laughs> that was that was wild. The way that whole that whole thing transpired. But at the end of the day, it happened. And one day we will go. We will tell that story because that story. Probably is the wildest thing. It there that was really on some movie CSI FBI. I was in my detective bag connecting all the kind of dots that wasn't even there for me to connect. But but carry on. But the thing was, after she found out, it didn't change anything. We still were roommates. We still had a lack of communication. Okay. 
we still didn't have none of the none of the things that we needed to continue our relationship on a strong end. It still was was dragging along. You you would think that that'll light a fire under one of us to make to see like we need to do these we need to do things differently to get us back on the right track. But that wasn't the case at all. Um, I I went to Vegas for my birthday. Uh, I think it was my twenty six because I think I went to Vegas like back to back. And I remember when I went to Vegas, I had. My phone was unlocked with no passcode. And when I returned back from Vegas, my phone was locked with all kind of passcodes. And that, of course, is a sign that probably some things happened that shouldn't have happened and conversations are being had that probably shouldn't be had. So it was just like a we were like a hamsters in a wheel just going around and around and around. But still, during all of these different hurdles, I'm still not getting what I feel like I need from him and vice versa. I'm still like, hey, we've been together for X amount of years now. Like, we're not engaged. We're not moving into that direction. You know, you know this is what I want. And it's it's still it's still nothing. And so, like I mentioned, this is from 2011, from when I had Zay to about December 2014. So our nine-year anniversary comes. And so at this time, still no ring, no no conversations of an engagement moving on towards anything more. It was it was it was nothing. And so that resulted to, you know, a lot of resentment and just a lot of like frustration and anger, which then ultimately led to the conversation. Yo, with that being said, this concludes today's episode of Wild Tap with the Worthingtons. We want to thank everyone for tuning in. If you have any topics you would like us to touch on, feel free to hit us up on Instagram at Wiretap Podcast or shoot us an email at wiretappod at gmail.com. Until next time, we out.